It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome everyone to Breaking Big Blue. I'm your host, Jordan Ron on ESPN. ESPN ESPN.com, Giants reporter. And we're sitting here now after two weeks of football in the 2022 season. And the New York Giants are 2-0. And that's why we're going to do the recalibrate expectations podcast. And I said this last week. Okay, good win on the road in Tennessee, right? I, I thought Tennessee was a little little fraudulent last year. So, you know, yeah, good win. Not going to go crazy, though. One game, win on the road, definitely. Quality win. Don't take anything away from it. But I wasn't going to go crazy because it is just one win. Now they come home, Carolina Panthers. I think the Panthers are a pretty talented team, have more talent than the Giants. I expected Carolina to come in here play well and win. They had they had found a way to blow their opener. But no, the Giants are the team that is finding ways to win. Something we haven't seen in, a, in, in years, really, What since 2016. So they win 1916 over the Panthers. And you just think about it for a second. I was talking to Phil Sims the other day. And what Phil said was, there's now a belief, because you were able to pull out these two games, a belief in the scheme a belief in the coaches, and a belief in the program that what they're doing is working, right? Because you see the tangible results. It has led to victories. And that's how ultimately everybody's judged in this this game, right? There's 17 regular season games. You are judged by your wins and losses in those games. And 2-0 is a rare spot for this Giants team. Rare spot. And I think a lot of the credit has to go to the defense. Wink Martindale in particular. I mean, to me, that was the number number one takeaway in this game. Like, Wink Martindale didn't have his top two pass rushers. Leonard Williams leaves in the third quarter, and he just calls a beautiful game. Just beautiful. Two biggest plays of the game. Think about this for a second. He's got about seven guys at the line of scrimmage. Several of them are defensive backs. On second down... Baker Mayfield goes back. This is with like a little more than two minutes left, around three minutes left. Baker Mayfield goes back and is pressured on the second down play, gets hit by Darnay Holmes, blitzing off the edge. He wasn't even one of the seven guys that you saw at the line of scrimmage, right? So Xavier McKinney blitzed on that play, the other safety, one of the safeties. The next play, Xavier McKinney blitzes again, but so does Julian Love. Giants bring five rushers, but two of them, again, are defensive backs. And this was the beauty of Wink Martindale's game plan. And this is why you have to feel confident and excited that he's running the defense here. Julian Love gets the sack on the biggest defensive play of the game. You know how many sacks Julian Love had on his own coming into that game? The answer is zero. Goose egg. Nada. Zilch. Zip. Biggest play of the game. Julian Love gets into the backfield, sacks Baker Mayfield, forces the Panthers to punt. Giants then are able to run out the clock thanks to Daniel Jones's legs on third down. And Wink Martindale had a plan where he was going to go into that game. Look, they're playing Christian McCaffrey. The Giants linebackers, especially inside linebackers, are not very good. They can't cover. We saw that the previous week against Dontrell Hilliard tore him apart. So what does Wink do? 
six or seven DBs on 43 of 54 defensive plays. So basically every defensive play, he's got six or seven DBs, three safeties on the field at all times. Xavier McKinney base and, and Julian Love basically playing linebacker. Xavier McKinney's job was to cover Christian McCaffrey. Does a good job limiting him. I think he, he ended up having uh, four receptions somewhere in like the 30-yard range, something like that, 40-yard range. But the biggest one came on a screen pass. So he didn't kill them as a pass, as a receiver. And that's because Wink Martindale, the Giants defensive coordinator, comes over from the Ravens, where he's coordinated top defenses in the NFL. The top is mean meaning number one defenses, is now having success here. Early, sure, but promising, nonetheless. And Brian Dayball combined, you know, we saw his aggressiveness in week one. Then you combine that with Wink Martindale in week two, right? I just told you. Two biggest plays of the game against the Carolina Panthers. Guess what happens? Blitz sent five rushers, multiple defensive backs, but he's blitzing on the biggest plays of the game because this uh, coaching staff, this new regime, and Brian Dable said this after the game, not afraid of failure. And you see it on the field. And players love that. Have you ever, ever in your life seen a quarterback or, uh, you know, an offense be like, no, 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 we want to punt. Come on, bring the punting unit on. No, no, it's always, no, no, we want to be aggressive. We want to be aggressive. Defense, we want to be aggressive. Defensive players love blitzing, blitzing, blitzing. Attack, attack, attack. And I think that's what we're seeing from this regime, this new regime. Now, is it pretty? No, it's not always pretty. The Giants' offense has been stop and start. They have, what, 40 points in two games. They're averaging 20 points a game. That's not special. They were handed six points. Couldn't score touchdowns earlier in the game. Basically, Carolina fumbled their first two times, including the opening kickoff. Handed the Giants six points. You you thought it was going to come back and haunt them, but no, it didn't. Now, what does this do? I said after week one, I'm not going to go crazy. Titans, good win, but I still think they're a little fraudulent. Ryan Tannehill's their quarterback. Now you win week two. Now you're sitting at 2-0. and And the schedule, still favorable. Listen to this start for the season for the Giants, okay? Week one, they face Ryan Tannehill. Week two, they face Baker Mayfield, okay? The Browns couldn't get wait to get rid of Baker Mayfield. Week three, they face Cooper Rush. You know, wannabe Tony Roma. Week four, Justin Fields. Rookie has nothing around. Second-year quarterback has nothing around him. Good luck, right? Really weak supporting cast. Okay, weeks five and six, you got the MVP run. You got Aaron Rodgers, who's got a zillion MVPs, and we know how good Aaron Rodgers is. Lamar Jackson, he has an MVP on his resume. He's also, just when he's on the field, just a threat anytime the ball's in his hands. So weeks five and six, they got two high-end quarterbacks. Then you got Trevor Lawrence. Okay, playing better, but still, let's see what Trevor Lawrence is. Geno Smith, Davis Mills, Jared Goff. That takes us till November, Thanksgiving, when they play the, the Cowboys again, who presumably will have Dak Prescott back by then. So 10 games, 10 games into the season. They play two high-end quarterbacks in the first 10 games. So my original expectation was six wins for this team because I don't think they're overly talented. Going to have a little trouble overcoming uh, injuries. They're not particularly deep. But eight of their first 10 games are against subpar quarterbacks or average quarterbacks, the below average quarterbacks. Winnable games. I had them at six. I think eight or nine sneaking into the playoffs is now a possibility. You have to consider it a possibility. I know it's only two weeks into the season. But with what we've seen from them and that schedule, it's time to recalibrate 
the expectations. Now, Vegas surely has. Caesars Sportsbook has the Giants. Get this. As the second highest odds to win the NFC East. The second highest odds. Now, the Eagles are heavy favorites, minus 210. But the Giants at 2-0. And the Cowboys at 1-1 with Dak Prescott coming back in a couple weeks. And Cooper Rush actually played pretty well. Giants play them this week, Monday night. Got a little long, long week, extra rest. But think about that for a second. The Giants are now the second favorite over the Cowboys. Now, barely, according to Caesar Sportsbook. Eagles are minus 210. Huge favorites to win the division. 2-0. Look great on Monday night again. Thrashing the uh, Minnesota Vikings. Eagles are good. And I think they'll probably win the division. So, I mean, not going out on the edge here by predicting that. Giants plus 525. The Cowboys, who are, by mind you, one and one, just one game back, and have a more talented roster. Granted, they have holes too. They have problems. Plus 550. In my mind, better value than the Giants. Washington, who I think is the best value, they're one and one also. They're plus a thousand. Nobody's a believer in Washington. Now, do I think Washington's going to win the division? No. I think the Eagles are. But if you're talking about value, I mean, Washington to me is. Probably similar odds as the Giants. Because remember, the whole division has an easy schedule. So they all have a bunch of easy games against much of these same quarterbacks that I named earlier. Washington, one game behind the Giants, they're like double the odds to win the division. Wow. I get it. People aren't believers in Carson Wentz. I'm not either. But I do see some value there. Just goes to show you, though, how the expectations have been recalibrated on the Giants. People now view them as, hey. They could win eight, nine games, 10 games. Maybe some people are believing. Obviously, if that win the NFC East, they're the second favorites. Maybe. I still think that's a stretch. You see, they're still, they still have holes. How about that wide receiver position? Kenny Galladay. How about this? Talk about not being afraid uh, in regards to Brian Dable. Kenny Galladay, two snaps. They bench Kenny Galladay, making $18 million a year this year. It takes some onions. It takes a sack. To do that in your second career game. And Brian Dable did it. I'm a little surprised. Now, Kadarius Tony, he had a bigger workload. Remember that first week he played seven snaps this week. He played, I believe the final number was 26. So obviously his workload is going to increase, but he put up two catches for zero yards, right? And so I think it's fair to sit here and think with the Giants and Daniel Jones getting pressured at like a 51% clip. It's most of any quarterback through two weeks. So the line has its problems in pass protection. You know, on the defensive side, I mentioned Leonard Williams out. Sprained MCL is what it is. My understanding is probably going to be around out a couple weeks. But you never know Leonard Williams. Remember, he had an elbow injury last year. People thought he was going to miss the last, I don't know, what, four weeks, four games of the season or whatever it was. And he didn't miss a a start. Leonard Williams hasn't missed a start throughout his career. So I'm not ruling him out at all. See how the week goes. It's still early. Remember, they play on Monday night. But... Likelihood is he misses a couple games here. Kayvon Thibodeau, Azizo Jolari. I think Thibodeau, Thibodeau has a good shot to be back against the Cowboys. Really good. Ojolari, good. Maybe I put Thibodeau a little ahead of him. I saw Thibodeau sprinting at practice on Friday. The first time I saw either of them sprint full speed. So that's a positive. So to me, he's probably ahead of Ojolari. Then Wandale Robinson, he has that knee injury. Still think it might be a stretch for him to be back this week. Not sure. Let's see how the week goes. But in regards to those playmakers, you wonder, the Giants, we've been saying this for years. Oh, they got all these playmakers. Look at the names. They got Tony. They got Shepard. They got Barkley. They got Galladay. You know, well, guess what? What do they really have? Saquon Barkley, when healthy, is really good. 
Sterling Shepard's a quality player. He's not a number one, though. He's like a decent number two. Great number three, if you could squeeze him in there. Probably a, you could quality number two. But what's Kenny Galladay right now? We've been talking about it all summer. He lost some of that explosiveness. Obviously, the Giants are seeing it to the point where they were willing to just say, we'd rather not play you. And guess what? It's not that they, okay, we're going to play Tony and we're going to take Galladay. No, no. And Brian Dable said this. They told Galladay, no, we're going with David Sills over you this week. That's how it was explained to him. They said he took it like a pro, but man, what do the Giants really have around Daniel Jones? And Daniel Jones, it's kind of been meh the first two weeks. He didn't play particularly well, I don't think, against the Panthers the other day. I know they won, made a couple big plays with his legs. Wasn't his best game, though. A little jittery in the pocket, which is just kind of adding to the concerns of what we had with Daniel Jones coming into the season. Now, again, they're not a great pass protection unit. So he's getting pressured a lot. And especially when it's on the interior, nobody can really survive that consistently. But at the same time, he's not blowing you away, Daniel Jones. He's not doing making many wow throws. He had one or two here or there the other day. He had one to Richie James, which, I, which was very impressive. Yeah, that they really had the Giants had that one drive offensively, which was which was dynamite early in the second half, led to the Daniel Bellinger touchdown reception. Now, uh, I'm apologizing in advance because I'm going to call him Clay Bellinger. I mean, I just am at some point. I, I it's on the tip of my tongue every time I go to say his name. Rookie tight end Daniel Bellinger. Going to call him Clay. If you don't know who Clay is, kids, search it up. Okay, old baseball player, actually. Cody Bellinger's dad, I believe, uh, played for the Yankees at one point. So I'll apologize in advance when I call him Clay Bellinger. Anyway, that's their only touchdown of the game. Not the explosive plays. Again, limited. Pressure, heavy. Running game, bad in the first half. I think Saquon had five carries for three yards. Ended up with, what, 72? So much better second half, again, for that run game. And they're able to produce enough offensively, the Giants. And really... Are they going to need much more than that when they're playing all those, you know, I'm not, I should, I'm not going to say scrub quarterbacks, but, you know, mediocre, average, below average. Maybe some of them are maybe, maybe Trevor Lawrence proves to be above average. But for the most part, eight of the first 10 games against pedestrian quarterbacks. You don't need to score 40 points a game if you're playing against pedestrian quarterbacks. You got Wink Martindale out there scheming it up. You got Kayvon Thibodeau and Aziz Ojolari coming back. Should give them some kind of pass rush to go with their blitzing, to go with the exotic schemes, blitz schemes that Martindale wants to throw at teams. Should make the defense even better. And through the first two weeks, they've allowed, what, 16 points and 20 points. So 36 points, 18 points per game, first two weeks, with no pass rush. No pass rushers off the edge. So you got to feel good about where the Giants are right now. To the point where, yeah, I eight, eight nine wins is, is probably the range. It's probably realistic. That's where we're at. On to the next one. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. All right, let's bring in Dave Rothenberg, host of the morning show on 98.7 ESPN New York, DPHO and Rothenberg. Uh, Dave, welcome. You must be feeling good with where you're at in life at this point. The Mets are in the playoffs. The Giants are 2-0. Are you basically just floating around now these days? Yeah, I basically go from place to place via cloud, Jordan. Um, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me at this point with how you're feeling. I'm I'm in a very, very good place. I mean, my Mets are in, uh, competing very strongly for a division championship. They're going to win, you would think, over 100 games. Yeah. And my Giants are 2-0 and for the first time in, in six years. So, yeah, things are very good at the moment. Okay, so we're going to concentrate on the Giants here because that's what we do, obviously. So what is it right. that you're most excited about, right? 2-0, and uh, the offense hasn't been great. Defense has you know really carried them, but they've made enough plays. So yeah. what is it to you that you look at this 2-0 and start and, you're, and makes you feel, you know, extra – uh, comfy and tight when you when you get when you get into bed at night. You you get that smile on your face. Well, I'll I'll tell you. You know what it is. It's it's confidence, Jordan. It's just that they're being led in a competent direction. I I and I think you would agree. This is not the most talented team. Like in watching in watching two weeks of football. Um, you know they don't have their starting defensive ends, but they're doing it kind of with smoke and mirrors on defense. Offensively, mm-hmm. they start they're starting. David Sills, and and they're starting Richie James. Richie James is just, he's the definition of a journeyman. But because the Giants seemingly are are being coached in a competent manner, both by Dable and, and Kafka uh, and Martindale as well, you know, I mean, and you know this, like, like the difference between a good team and an average team, then coaching really comes into play. So is Tennessee better than the Giants? Yeah, I think they probably are. But, you know, they were right there with them. They were shut out in the first half and had a terrific second half. And and they made plays when, when plays needed to be made. And, and like you said, coaching, so, Tennessee really botched that last 18 seconds. They were, oh, my God. They botched Yeah, it. I mean, what what – what Vrabel was doing on that end around to the tight end on third and half yard remains to be seen. Yeah. But but you know what? Then they go into a game against Carolina, and they're certainly not a great team, but the Giants won. And that's something that we haven't seen in a long time. So I don't have this grandiose idea that this is going to lead to great, great things now, but I'm very excited about where we're going. Okay, so now they're 2-0, though. And I agree with you, you know. They're not. You're not looking at this team like, oh, this team is a, a Super Bowl contender. Like, even, even if they're two and zero, they could be four and zero. We probably aren't going to be looking at it that way, right? Like, hey, anything this year is kind of gravy in the first year of the new regime. But correct, correct. Do you I, that, now that they're sitting here at two and zero? Do you recalibrate expectations at all for this season? Like, 
how do how do you go about uh looking at the rest of 2022 now that they're already sitting at two and zero? plus i mean the upcoming schedule very very favorable i mean they don't they play two of the first two quarterbacks that they play out of the first 10 games are like high-end quarterbacks. I mean, there's some winnable games out there. There, there are, but uh, and again, I'm excited. Like, I, I'm pleased. I'm excited. I'm going to the game Monday night against the Cowboys. Um, okay. But, Where but we, were we, you planning to go beforehand, or is this now that they're two and zero? You decided that this is well. I, my twelve year old is a, is is maniacal, and he's been hammering me. I got to take him to a game, and I said I can't take you to a game when there's all the other games on on a, on a Sunday. Is this Alex, by the way? Oh, yeah. This is the one that was texting me the questions? Yeah, oh, yeah. He's really tells all his friends. He's like, you know, I'm friends with Jordan Renan. He tells all his friends. (laughs) He could do better than that. You got to get him in line. Like, tell him, you know, he could do better than that. You could introduce him to people that are, uh, you know, more knowledgeable and above me. I don't know. He's impressed by you. So uh, (laughs) I told him we can't go on a Sunday because I need to focus on every game, not just the Giants game. And I said, if you find a... a, um, a Monday or a Thursday standalone game, maybe we'll talk about it. So then he uh, says, I got a I got a Monday night game. And then my wife chimes in, You're not going to an 8:30 start. You'll get home at one o'clock in the morning. There's no chance. <laughs> it just happens to be Rosh Hashanah. Oh, so, so there's no school. No on school Tuesday. the next day. And uh wow. he, and then so there was no there was no backing out of this one. So yeah, so we we he really finagled. Yeah, he backed you into the corner. You had no choice but to say no yes choice. to that one. No choice. So anyhow, we're going to the game on Monday night. I'm excited about it. They're two and zero. It's thrilling. Do I recalibrate my expectations for this year? I w- want to be very cautious because you know we've we've seen hints of that, like at the end of the Joe Judge year, where they, we were right there for a playoff spot. So I want to be cautious. I'm excited. Like I'm watching it, and I'm I'm really rooting for them. Them instead of having this. Ugh, I don't even care what happens, but right, right. You know, I think the upside now is they can compete for a playoff spot. Like if right. things go well, maybe we'll get to December and they'll have meaningful games, and and that's all I really want. Did you I have think, a number to start the season? Like, were you at? Did, did you have a? Certain I thought game they total? were gonna. I thought they were gonna. You know, be right in that seven to eight range, and I'll stand by that. I think they're gonna be right in that seven to eight range, and if things go well, look. I looked at that Colts game as you're not you're not winning that game. The Colts are going to be a power, and there's no chance. Two weeks in, the Colts look horrendous. Yeah. So why, if you know if that continues, why can't you beat the Colts in in one of the last weeks of the season? So, as we all do, I readjust a little bit. Uh, is this game without Dak Prescott winnable? Absolutely. But when you're a team like the Giants, where I'm sure, you, listen, you're not beating Green Bay, you're not beating um the Ravens like they're just some teams I don't think you're going to beat so right. when you play the Cowboys at home without Dak Prescott this becomes a big game because this is one of those games that you probably looked at as a loss now with Cooper Rush why, why can't the Giants compete and or win this football game? no absolutely and then following week you got the Chicago Bears and that's in MetLife Stadium too that should be a game that the Giants could you know forget could they should win that game you know, so you win if they do win this week. Four and zero is a distinct possibility. Now, those two games you talked about right after the Green Bay and and uh, Baltimore are on deck. So then you're sitting at four and two, still a good start. Now I get it if you're like in the so you were in that seven eight range to start. I was more in that six range. So when I'm at six and you already get the first two and you got all these winnable games, to me then I yeah I have to bump up to recalibrate the expectations a little bit. I think that's yeah. 
So I think yeah. you're you're in the you're in the seven eight range, and you know yeah. what? We I don't seen, think nine. I don't think nine is out of the question. I don't. I I will not say that that's impossible at this point. You know, like that. That's and a Jordan, season is possible. We haven't seen Thibodeau. He hasn't been on the field. What yeah. happens if he's really good? Which and I know you know this. There's a there's a decent chance that's the case. Mm-hmm. What what right? He a, a kid like that cha- changes the entire look of the defense. You add him to Ojolari. Zimenez has looked good early. I'm just I'm just saying. I'm yeah, no. I'm very cautiously excited about where we are. It worked out really nicely, though. At least the Giants, they did not have their edge rushers. They happened to play two teams that that rely that are built around their running backs, right? In the first two weeks, that don't have great quarterbacks, so it wasn't the worst thing in the world. And I think it allowed them more time to get these guys healthy. Which I know you keep asking me, you keep texting me, are they going to play? Are they going to play? Like. I think this was the smart move for the organization. He's the number five overall pick. Why rush him? You're playing these running teams. He's not 100% yet. You wait till he gets fully healthy before you bring him back. Yeah, which which I think is the, the prudent thing to do. But, of course, you know, me being a radio host and and a fan, I, I want to know when I'm going to get to see this guy play. So Fair. It, it's all it's all very exciting. Where they are is just it's very exciting at the moment. Uh is there anything that you've made of Daniel Jones's play early this season? Has it has it shifted you or moved you at all one way or the other? Well, I, I will tell you this. Okay. I was, I, I, you know, everyone, well, now he's got the offensive line. He's got a healthy Barkley and he's going to have the weapons. These these are not weapons, right? No. I mean, still, no. there's no Tony. There's no Galladay. I mean, you know, it, it's Shepard. It's Sills. It's James. It's a tight end that you you don't even know who these guys are. So again, I I, I don't think this is a really one hundred percent fair assessment of him. That being said, from what I've seen in two games, he's not the guy. He's yeah. just he's just not. He's is, is he a a really really good backup quarterback? Is he maybe a starting quarterback on a team that's meh? Yeah, I think I think that's the upside for him. I. And I could be wrong, and I'd love to be wrong, and maybe things change, and I'm thrilled that they're going to play him, and he's going to be the guy for now, but he's not the quarterback of the future. I would be stunned if he was a giant starting quarterback next season. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of with you. I mean, I think this can go a lot. I still think there's scenarios where he can come back. I mean, I think there's a scenario where you could bring him back and then worry about, you know, dra- and still draft a quarterback. Like So uh, I do think there are paths. I wouldn't say he's definitely not going to be back, but I, I agree with you. In that, you just don't look at him and, and get blown away. Like I, my 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 comp for several years now has kind of been Ryan Tannehill, and I think that's the best one because if he's around a good team and good players, he could be a, a decent or above a little above average starting quarterback. But this isn't the time, and this isn't the place for him to, that for that to be the case here because he he just doesn't have it. Like he doesn't have the offensive line right. There's still pass blocking is still uh, a liability. Doesn't have the weapons. These are weapons that everyone keeps mentioning every year in name only, right? I think you mentioned that. Like we're, we're, the, we're going over the same guys, and are they really as big as good as their name? Like Kenny Galladay, Kadarius Tony. Like what are these guys, right? So I, I'm with I'm with you. The Brian Tannehill to me is that ceiling. What, what do you what do you think? What do you think of that comp? Uh, I think it's. 
fair. I don't even know if it's I don't even know if it's that high. I mean, so you're a little lower than Tannehill on. on yeah, I, Ryan Tannehill led a team to the AFC Championship game. R- Ryan Tannehill led a team to a number one seed, and I know, and I, you're right. I mean, they have a they have a good defense, and they have a good running game, and a good offensive line. I, I think that you're really pushing the envelope to say that his upside is Ryan Tannehill. I, uh, I don't know that it's quite that I, high. I think well, if, the, if his offensive line was that offensive line, it would be a different story. Uh, defensively, for the Giants, uh, is, it, is it just you're looking at Wink Martindale and just drooling? Is there is there anything else that, that sort of uh, has caught your eye early in the season? Uh, I think the secondary, very surprisingly, has been way better than I anticipated. And and I know that okay. you'll you'll hear, well, I mean, they play Tennessee and they don't have anything, and that that's fair. And they play Carolina, and that's not a very good passing team. Yeah, you know what? DJ Moore and and uh, Robbie Anderson, those are those are decent wide receivers. And for the mo- and I get it, Baker Mayfield's not great. I did not anticipate the secondary being this good. Um, what I did anticipate and I'm thrilled about is I think I think Xavier McKinney is a I think he's a special player. I, I think that the better this defense gets, the more you're going to see from him. Um, I think they're a good tackling team right now, which is really, really exciting. Uh, I think that they've done. a. I mean, they went up against now we say the receiver is not great. Right. I mean, Tennessee's receiver is nothing to write home about. Uh, Carolina's receivers. Good ish. But they've gone up against two elite running backs like if you want to have an argument you could almost say that's the top two running backs in all the nfl and they at worst had decent games against the giants at best from the giants standpoint they were subpar the giants did a really really good job on both derrick henry and christian mccaffrey yeah absolutely i don't think that's that's not even really debatable uh that that's and you know what you know what canty told me about because he he's a wink guy right he he knows wink he played for wink he said, "If there's two things you know about Wink Martindale, it's one he's gonna be he's gonna pressure, and two he's going to stop the run. Like that's his priorities every week. So this, I don't think when we look at this Giants team under Wink Martindale, we're gonna be looking at it as a team that ever really struggles much stopping the run because he's gonna put everything into making sure that that doesn't happen. Uh, flip to the other side, one more real quick. Yeah, Saquon Barkley, are you bracing yourself?" for the idea that he is going to be back here in the future on some kind of contract. No, I'm just kind of enjoying the moment with him. Okay. Maybe he, maybe he will, but let, let's see how it plays out. I mean, the nice thing about this regime and you and I have talked about this off the air is they're not beholden to any of these guys outside of this rookie class. They're not beholden to any of these guys. So let's, let's wait and see. I mean, if Saquon now another thing, you you might run him into the ground like they because because <laughs> they have no allegiance because that the financially they're not obligated to him in the future. They he might get you know twenty two, twenty five, thirty plus touches a game. You know, if he gets that many touches every game, is that a guy you now want to sign to an extended deal? I don't know. No, I'm not at the point where I look at him and say he's going to be back. I think they're going to bring him back. I'm in the he's looked really good. I like the fact that. He, stick with the running game and let's wait and let's see how it plays out and hopefully if my instincts are right the Giants have a really good GM and a really good coach and I think you'll trust the decision they make with Saquon Barkley he's the face of the franchise that's going to be a tough one to to pull off I know they have carte blanche kind of but you know ownership does have a voice in the room 
Uh, so I don't know. That, that's why that that's what's going to my head, going through my head, especially if you're talking about them sort of running him into the ground. I mean, he's when when they have an event, it's Saquon Barkley everyone wants to see, right? Like he he's the guy. I mean, you come here to to training camp, everybody wants to see Saquon Barkley. That's the guy. They don't have well, you know what, Jordan? Guy. You could, if it he's matters. Healthy, you could do a lot worse than having Saquon Barkley as your as your back. Yeah, well, Dave. Year, you know? Well, how about this? The likelihood, if he comes back, is that we'll use him up for another year and throw that franchise tag on him. Yeah, which, is, you which pay, is certainly you pay which is like twelve million dollars. Yeah, which is you certainly not the end of the world. Twelve million dollars for one year, but you get to use up another year of the running back. So, don't think it's the end of the world. That's for sure. Guy's a good player. Staying he healthy, obviously, is the key. Right. So, uh, you have you, did you are you going to pick the Giants this week? You're looking for me to make a pick. I'm just asking if you if you're leaning in that direction at this point. I'm, it's early I'm, in the week. I'm I'm leaning, um, but I I mean, listen, Dallas' defense is very good, and the Giants can't turn the football over. I think the Giants defensively will do a good job on Dallas's offense, but um, it'll, be hard Dal- to, it'll be hard to score points in this game. I think it's 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 always hard to score for this team, right? I mean, they right? I mean, they, <laughs> they, they, it was hard to score against Carolina. They put up 19 points. So Carolina's yeah. defense is good, though. Um, I do think they're good. Yes. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm leaning that they're going to win this game, but it's a you know they're favored by two and a half points at home. So this is this is a pick'em game, but I think the crowd's going to be pretty intense, and it's a Monday night game, and I I like the Giants' chances. Yeah. I don't I do. know if you like saw. Did you see that before that game against Carolina? Because the Giants were two point favorites like all week, and then the day of the game, I saw the line shift to. Uh, Carolina minus one. Yeah, a lot of money came in. I, I know money I know came a lot in on people, Carolina late. A, a lot of people money, really yeah. loved loved Carolina. So uh, listen, I think the Giants did just enough to win that game, and and good for them. And we'll see if they can uh, pull off another another win and get to it, which would be an amazing three and Two good wins. Life is good. Dave Rothenberg is feeling good. He's also the star of uh, DPH on Rothenberg. Super early in the morning. Uh, what time do you start? You start at six, right? Six to eight, six to eight, six to yeah, nine. If, if it was six, I'd be sleeping in. We're five to five, eight. Five, five, five to eight, to eight right. Jordan. Three hour. I know it's three hours. Five yeah. to eight. Five I'm to not, eight. I am not up that early. It is very early. It is it's very early. early, but we have quite a fan base and the show's you doing very good. well. And uh, it's early, but it's fun. So one of, you don't... one of my favorite things is catching it on the way to work in the morning. I appreciate that. And don't you think you I own the eight o'clock a, hour. A, Seven o'clock hour. You have a cousin that's a Seven. huge fan of the show. Yeah, I do. He he's a big fan of the show, so he always reports to me when uh, when you talk Giants. I get a, I get I get the report back. So in case you know you use my laugh as a bit, or you know whatever you <laughs> you know, what, whenever you come on, you, you take me and you use me as a bit. I get a I get a report about that. It's all out of love, Jordan. It's all out of love. All right, I'll remember that next time. Thanks a lot, Dave. We'll do it again soon. You're very welcome. Go Giants. On to the next one. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. All right. We're going to finish here with a little classic Jordan on the beat. This is where I tell you 
what it's like to cover the Giants, work for ESPN, or cover the NFL in general. A little post-game press conference edition of this segment right here. And let me set the scene first. So the way it is, it's like an auxiliary locker uh, locker room that serves as the Giants post-game press conference area. So there's lockers on the on both walls. I like to stand along the lockers on the walls. And in the middle are like seats, probably about 10 by 10. Okay, I'm, I'm making up a number, but some, something like that. More seats than, than people usually sit in. And then usually people fill up, you know, the the walkways on, on the side, right in front of the lockers. That's where I, I kind of position myself. And there's just one guy. Don't know who he is. Never see him, except for post-game Giants, ever. Like, I have no idea who he is. Ask crazy off-the-wall questions. Very specific at times. You know, like, there'll be times in preseason, he'll start out the press conference and ask about some special team something. And you're like, what? So he's known to be a wild card, right? And he's known to be aggressive. Now, real quick on the whole press conference setup in general is it's just fire away with your questions at all costs. Whoever yells the loudest wins. Now, I'm generally pretty good. Got a pretty good, pretty good percentage at this. Like when I need to get a question and I know it's something I, we need to get addressed or I don't want the subject changed because that's the thing when everyone's just yelling out their questions. And this is kind of the problem with the, where we're at with giant press conferences these days is there's just a lack of understanding of the flow of a press conference where when it's a big topic about Kadarius Tony or Kenny Galladay not playing, you don't want to, after one question, jump in and jump on top of someone and change the subject. No, you got to let these things breathe. This is common knowledge, right? But anyway, so the Giants, Brian Dable's post-game press conference is, is ending. There's one question left. Let, let's listen. Let's listen to it right here. We saw, we saw, we saw, we saw Kadarius. We saw Kadarius. We, we saw Kadarius. We saw Kadarius play a lot more today, right? Uh, and then we look at Kenny on the other side. He's one of your highest paid players, and he. he... I'll say that I've said it since when. I'm not being the jerk. No, I guess. The middle camp, right? It hasn't changed. It's going to be okay. So you can hear in there, Pat Hanlon, who runs the Giants. Uh, media relations department. He says one. This is gonna be last question. So I know it's the last question. Now it's the last question. And then Kenny Galladay did not play two snaps. The dude makes eighteen million dollars a year. Nobody has asked a question about this yet. So it's something you have to get in. You have to address. You know, I'm not. We're not trying to nail Brian Dable on anything. But we need. We want. You got to get his explanation on record. So no matter what, I'm getting this question in. And I know random press conference guy is going to ask something completely random. So no matter what, I mean, we go like eight words into this. Like, I'm, I am not going to stop. I am not going to stop asking my question. I got to make, I'm making sure that I get this question off and I'm not going to be shouted down by a random press conference guy. So a battle for the ages right there. I obviously went out, asked my question. And look, it's a question we have to get on record. I mean, every Giant fan wants to know the answer, right? I mean, you want to know why, why didn't Kenny Galladay play? I knew the answer he was going to give. That's fine. And we look at the answer Brian Dable ultimately gave was, you know, we have competition. I'm not going to, uh, basically, he's just not going to hand anybody a job. And that's fine. And even though I knew it, like, you need still need to get him on record for something like that. And that was mandatory. You know, the Kadarius Tony played a lot more snaps, and, and Kenny Galladay didn't. Got to ask that question. So, 
what do we think random press conference guy was trying to jam in there? He asked Brian Dayball if his kids gave him their opinion on his dancing last week and if he danced again. So that's what we're dealing with here. That's what we're dealing with here. The press conference experience is, to say the least, unique and interesting these days. Even the first, like when I, so look, I wish somebody had told me this when I was younger because I'm probably guilty of this as well. When a press conference starts, there should be some sort of hierarchy. And I, I learned this when I used to cover the Eagles when I was younger at some point. You know, I, I figured it out. There's sort of a hierarchy where the people who are there every day, the people who have been there covering the team pretty much, you know, the longest, they usually start off the press conferences and they get the requisite questions in, you know, the ones that you need to basically get in. And then everyone sort of filters in after that. The Giants press conferences has no sort of hierarchy at all. It's just craziness. Everybody randomly yell questions, change topics. Like when you're on a big, serious topic, you can't jump in with a question about how's the offensive line doing? Or, you know, like, what do we expect from the fans on Sunday? No. Like, if we're asking questions about why you're not playing Kadarius Tony, who was a first round pick, or why Kenny Galladay, who's getting paid $18 million a year, is not playing, we don't jump in with questions, with random questions that we could ask anytime. Let these things breathe. You want to ask follow ups to key questions. And don't jump in with the first question of a press conference, some random question about some story you're doing. If you're doing a story, and I get it, everyone has their own uh, agenda. You're, you have to do your work at these press conferences. And that's fair. But you could wait till later on to ask some random question, right? That's for later, midway to the back end of a press conference. That's when those questions should be, should be asked. You don't jump in, first question, and some random question about what happened on special teams in the second quarter. Shouldn't happen. All right. Anyway, that's the end of this episode of Breaking Big Blue. As always, like, subscribe, tell your friends. The Giants are 2-0. The Giants are 2-0. So we might have a fun little season coming up here. So let's enjoy it. As always, send your questions. Uh, Giants play on Monday night this week. Cowboys, I'm going to do another podcast. Uh, hopefully come out Monday morning. It'll mostly just answer your questions. So send your questions. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, email, TikTok. You know where to find me. I'm your host, Jordan Ronan. See you next time.